0: Hello, and welcome to the second of a three-part series celebrating and diving into both the NHS Long Term Workforce Plan and the upcoming NHS Digital Workforce Plan.
1: I'm really excited by the thought of having a national strategy around workforce. We absolutely need one. Apprentices are such an important way and
2: channel for bringing in diverse skills and people
1: into the workforce. So important in terms of the approach we take is that we reach parts of our population that actually feel that the traditional routes aren't for them.
0: Graduates and apprentices were telling me how much they enjoyed these programs, being part of a team and part of something that was investing in them. And of course that means that they are more likely to stay, be it in that trust that they started or move around the NHS.
1: Once you've got people in the doors, then the retention is fundamental Mm. really. How do you grow and develop and create that environment where people actually see NHS as the first choice for this profession.
0: My name is Robert Mulligan, content developer in the team here, and I'm joined by Yinka McKinday, Director of Digital Workforce.
2: Hi Robert, it's great to be back.
0: As part of this series, Yinka will be talking to key colleagues passionate about workforce and the fundamental part they play in delivering health and social care, and perhaps no one more passionate than Amanda Rawlins, Chief People Officer at University Hospitals of Derby and Burton NHS Foundation Trust.
2: Yes, and Amanda highlighted just why these plans are so important to colleagues across the system. And she also talked to us about the Trust's strong culture of belonging, no matter where people are based across its 11 sites, which is no mean feat when your workforce is 14,000 strong.
0: Now, the premise for this series was to interview people in person at Confed Expo up in Manchester earlier in 2023. This would have seen Yinka in a challenge Annika type role, blue jumpsuit, buggy, you get the idea. However, certain challenges arose in attending the expedition and we of course adapted, with the Inca catching up with Amanda virtually minus a john suit.
2: Yeah, that would have been quite the thing, Um, but we did adapt and I started off by asking Amanda to tell us about her time at Comfort Expo and what she was hearing from colleagues across the country.
1: I was a speaker with Claire Gore the director of NHS Futures HR and OD programme for NHS England and that was on the NHS Futures the digital work stream that i have been working on and my organisation and my system have been working with Claire and her team around doing a digital plan for workforce systems so that was really helpful to share that with people at Confed and I think people found it really helpful to have a lot of contacts. In terms of takeaway I think Confed is a great place to connect with peers and to hear what people are doing so just walking around and seeing the breakout sessions that were happening so i supported a session with the nhs business authority and listened to the you know they were sharing with people around the plan for post esr So we call it Workforce Solutions and I've been Mm. party to that. So people were stopping and listening to that presentation, but I could obviously give the kind of experience being part of the board that's looking at that. So Mm. that was really helpful. So you just mentioned that you were talking about digital plan
2: for workforce systems. Can you Mm. just expand on that a little bit?
1: So what we've been doing across Derbyshire is all the providers have worked with Claire Gore and her team to map out our current position on workforce systems which mm-hmm. everybody thinks it's ESR, but it's not. There's a rostering system. There's an expenses system. There may be other systems in terms of people have plug things in, such as learning management systems that line managers and staff have to access. Mm-hmm. So we've mapped our systems. We've mapped our contracts. We then started to look at what the art of the possible is for the future. Recognising ESR will be replaced from 2025 onwards, How do we ensure that we have created the right environment for all of our people to be ready for a new solution? Um, And that includes, you know, in terms of what people use today and how they use it to what, you know, if you look at nationally or how much of ESR is used to its full operability, we're probably sitting about 30, 40 percent. We're actually, we need to be getting that into the 80, 90 percent. So that is the work we're doing for Derbyshire is we put a planner at how we will make sure we maximise the current systems we've got and get value for money, but also make sure we're ready for a future. And we've actually asked both our line managers and our colleagues across our system around what does it feel like to use all the workforce systems? They find it very clunky. They, would be honest with you, they find it really difficult because they have to sign into different systems. They have to navigate their way around them. So therefore, they don't do it unless they really have to, which means data quality is not as good as it always could be. So we aren't helping ourselves. So that interoperability of the current systems, maximising them and making sure that we're using them to the full capacity is priority. So we've got now a map of what we're going to do over the next two to three years to get us in a better position.
2: So that's really interesting because obviously there's a skills element associated yeah. with that, isn't there? So I assume your plan also includes how you're going to build the skills capability of the workforce to use these systems.
1: That's part of the change management, but slightly broader in terms of working with my chief digital information officer around Derbyshire's going to have a new EPR, electronic patient record. So the two acute trusts will be, we're just in the middle of the procurement process of that. So there's a whole sort of upskilling process around what will look like digitally over the next two to three years that we need mm-hmm. to, Well, we're working on as a system and we're working on that together. So it's not each provider It's actually how we do that as a system. So we've got running in track. How do we maximise and optimise the workforce systems? And mm-hmm. we also do that from the patient systems. Mm-hmm. And in terms of equipping, What we've done is we've put in the capacity to actually take it to the ward level. So rather than classroom learning, it's actually sitting and supporting. And our chief nursing information officer as well is playing a big role in terms of that clinical engagement involvement. The way we've gone around in terms of our EPR solution Mm -hmm. is we've actually run workshops where people can come and look at the different solutions and play with them, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of getting on them and seeing what they look like and feel like. And we've had thousands of staff do that. So they feel part of whatever the new solution is going to be for them. But things like single sign on, et cetera. So it's all those sort of early wins you can put in place, as well Mm. as getting out and amongst our colleagues to equip them with the skills they need and making sure that actually they can get the benefit of all the capacity in the systems as well. So it really
2: sounds like you're approaching this in a really refreshingly novel way. But I wanted to just move on a little bit to understand more about I guess, perception of the workforce plans that are coming out of the centre NHS England. So what's the noise on the ground about
1: these plans and how are you feeling about them? I'm really excited by the thought of having a national strategy around workforce. We absolutely need one and recognising that actually people's careers aren't linear anymore, are they? You know, and, and as people come through into the NHS, their expectations are very different now in terms of how they want to be educated and learn and develop. So I think the exciting thing will be around how we will develop the skills we haven't got today, how we will use different routes to do that. So UHDB has been very active on international recruits, as well as growing our own. So we've had a sort of dual track. So, you know, if I I just, just let me just use digital. So we've got 12 graduates, we've got apprentices. So we're growing our own digital capability internally while actually having to go to market with certain skills. And that goes across all professions. So my understanding of the workforce plan is actually around recognising we've got to invest Mm. in people and give them more flexible ways of learning and development And that will include apprenticeships rather than the traditional just graduate routes, which Mm. will give us a more availability workforce. And it's so important in terms of the approach we take is that we reach parts of our population that actually feel that the traditional routes aren't for them. And the opportunities to come into the NHS and to earn and learn would be fantastic. That's really good to hear.
2: Really great to hear that you're using apprentices. How have you made apprenticeships work locally, just
1: out of interest? If I take like on the digital, in terms of working, it's structured working with local university and working with the individuals to structure their apprenticeship around what works for them. We've got clinical apprenticeships. We've got, you know, in terms of non-clinical. So it depends really in terms of which profession to how we structured it and with which learning provider. Um, And some, obviously, you know, to make sure the individuals get the maximum in terms of their development. And we've got a very large cohort of apprentices in, in UHDB, which is fabulous.
2: What's been your personal experience in your role as CPO when it comes to the professional digital data technology and clinical informatics workforce? And what sort of challenges you're facing with that particular part of your workforce?
1: the first challenge really is making the nhs the first choice for people in that profession i think the nhs for most people in the population is seen for its traditional workforce its nurses doctors etc when you get into all the vital services around that we have a lot of work to do and making sure that people can see that as an opportunity so that's the work we are doing most certainly with colleges universities and with our population is to make sure people know what it is in terms of working in the nhs and how actually digital is fundamental to how we operate and the market's tight for skills which is mm-hmm. why as i say we're investing my role is to work with my chief digital information officer to make sure we've got the pathways to bring workforce in and develop them the way we've sort of focused you know of late is how do we make sure that people have got stretch in their roles and good talent management so we're growing people and you know enhancing their careers so it is really challenging to recruit but once you've got people in the doors then the retention is fundamental Mm. really how do you grow and develop and create that environment where people actually see nhs as the first choice for this profession
2: so how much do you know about the imminent digital workforce plan (laughs) Uh, i know bits about it but
1: i don't haven't seen it
2: obviously so okay So the digital workforce plan really signals a commitment from NHS England to focus resource and effort to enable ICSs and providers to address the current and growing shortages in this particular workforce. So we are looking at the professional digital data, technology and clinical informatics workforce right across health and social care as well. So the plan aligns with the principles set out in the NHS people promise. And in the more recent NHS Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Mm. Improvement Plan, fundamentally, it complements the long-term workforce plan with a very specific focus on building an expert, lead-out workforce that can meet the digital transformation ambitions across health and social care now, but also preparing us for the future as well. So what's your hope for this plan in terms of the work that you're focused on in your trust now?
1: The opportunities in the digital space are huge, aren't they? Whether it's for clinical outcomes or whether it's for the experience of our leaders and our staff. And one organisation on their own can't transform that. It's how you do it as a system, how you do it as a wider kind of sector. So um, the sounds of the plan is actually putting digital and technology into the space it needs to be in terms of its value to the NHS, because... We all know the opportunities, but we haven't really grasped as much as what we could do in that space. So I think it will unite people. Most certainly for Derbyshire, it will unite us in terms of the way we operate and work together, as it has done the work around the EPR. You know, rather than one trust doing that, we're doing that as a system. That's mm-hmm. a huge benefits because now we're joining pathways up. And, you know, so it's interesting where actually, you know, COVID moved systems in, and into organisations rapidly into transformation of the way they deliver services. Now with a new EPR, we're doing the same. The work we're doing on the people digital side of things is the same. So me and my peers are sitting in a room and looking at the vision around one workforce is how do you move people around when actually there's different systems that don't talk to each other in different organizations so you know by actually joining up and working together so i think that plan will and with the nhs workforce plan together be fabulous so Mm -hmm. it's exciting time
0: an exciting time indeed great chat there with much ground covered what stuck out for me there, Yinka, is that use of graduates and apprentices to grow their own digital capability internally. That must have been music to your ears, no?
2: <laughs> oh, God, it was. Yeah, absolutely. I was really impressed by how much they had embraced apprentices. Or let's talk about the concept of apprentices, because we know that apprentices are such an important way and channel for bringing in diverse skills and people into the workforce, people who may have never have considered digital professions before, but also apprentices can be used for existing staff who want to actually develop into new areas. They are such a key tool and lever that we want the whole of the system to embrace more. But also really fascinating to hear Amanda talk about how they're putting in place measures for optimizing how they will use workforce systems across the workforce and and all the other things that she was talking about upskilling. So it was great to talk to Amanda about the great work that she's leading there. Just coming
0: back to graduates and apprentices, I spoke to a fair few of them late in 2022 as part of a different campaign and they were telling me how much they enjoyed these programmes, being part of a team and also being part of a community and part of something that was investing in them and their careers. And of course that means that they are more likely to stay, be it in that trust that they start in or move around the NHS. But the key part, obviously, is that they're being retained within the NHS. And retention is key here, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. Because you know what? If we invested heavily in retaining our existing staff, I think that will go such a long way in resolving our existing workforce challenges. And you're right, Robert, apprentices do tend to to be loyal to their employers.
0: And of course, there's that case for making the NHS the first choice for the digital data and technology workforce that Amanda touched on, which marries up to your chat with Dr. Naveen Evans in episode one. It's so much more than pay, isn't it?
2: I mean, it isn't just pay at all. From the research that we've carried out, we know that The broader benefits, particularly that the NHS can offer, are equally as important as pay. So things around flexible working, the NHS is very well known for its flexible working policies. And also about the opportunities for career progression are really coming out at the top, actually, of things that people considering careers... Um, They are really looking for career progression and skills development opportunities. So these are all things that we are addressing in the upcoming Digital Workforce Plan.
0: The final part of our series sees Yinka in conversation with Dr Neil Ralph, Head of Technology Enhanced Learning at NHS England. Take a listen.
2: My team has a very important role to play in being able to provide that channel directly to the workforce to be able to give them the tools and resources they need, both to assess where they're at in terms of digital capabilities, but also to give them some of the educational resources that are going to enable them to mature on that
0: journey, to become more confident and capable. Yinka, so ensuring those digital capabilities are there and supported at every stage of an employee's journey.
2: So this is so important because It doesn't matter what your job is in the NHS today, you are going to be impacted by technology. Whether you're a porter, a cleaner or a clinician, you are going to have the opportunity to use, but also will be impacted at every stage in your job now by some element of technology. And so it's absolutely vital that we are setting ourselves up for success by investing in our staff at all stages of their career journey to make sure that they are comfortable, confident with the use of these technologies. I mean, just quickly flipping back to what Amanda said about the work that they're doing with the workforce systems, whether it's ESR systems, learning development systems, expenses systems, you're going to need the confidence to use all of those systems. So that's why we absolutely, as Neil said, need to make sure that our staff have the ability to use these from day one in their jobs in the NHS.
0: And that full conversation with Dr Neil Ralph will be available soon. Autumn 2023, we'll see the launch of our Digital Workforce Plan. You can find out more about the plan from our first podcast in this series on our Digital Workforce Plan playlist here on SoundCloud. And you can also keep up to date with all things digital workforce by joining our pages on Future NHS. Much thanks to our guest, Amanda Rawlins, to Yinka.
2: Oh, and thank you so much, Robert.
0: And our thanks to you too for listening.
2: You've been listening to a podcast produced by Robert Mulligan for NHS England.